Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Wow. I think I think the rain has scared some people off today, the, the, the weather. Um, but they haven't scared the choir off. Look at this choir. We've got just about as many up here as we do out here. I have to turn around and preach like this. Got two chairs open. We're so sophisticated around here, aren't we? <laughs> well, welcome. What, what was I saying anyway? Welcome. We're glad that you're here and, uh, and hope God's going to bless you. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheet on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to fill that out to, uh, so we can have a record of your uh, attendance with us. I'd like to thank uh, our Sunday school class for our, uh, our uh, fellowship cafe this morning. That was wonderful, and we certainly appreciate that. That's a a good treat every month, so we, we are grateful for that. have several um, opportunities coming up this week of, uh, of, of activities and opportunities for study and worship I'd like to call to your attention and uh, just activities as such. Beginning tonight uh, at 6 o'clock, we will be uh, playing volleyball from 6 to 8 here at Community Baptist, and uh, we'll have the volleyball net set up and and you don't have to be good. That's the good thing about uh, playing with Community Baptists. You just have to uh, be here. And uh, no, just kidding. It, it's a lot, a lot of fun. It really is. And so we invite everybody to come of all ages and, and, uh, and activity levels. If you want to get out there and hit the ball around, that's great. If you'd like to sit around and, and watch people hit the volleyball around, that's great, too. We'll have some popcorn and some drinks available, so uh, come, just come enjoy the fellowship. It, it really is a lot of fun. Um, it is the beginning of the year, and with the beginning of the year, there are, are certain resolutions that some of us have had, have made, uh, and in the spirit of that, we, are, we have begun jazzercise classes here at uh, Community Baptist on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturday mornings, and so... Uh, Notice your, uh, 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 your worship folder, and it has the hours there for that. Our True Face will be here next week to play uh, here in our worship service. And on Wednesday, we're changing things a little bit on Wednesday, this, this coming Wednesday. This would normally be our week for a business meeting uh, this Wednesday, but we're not going to have the business meeting this Wednesday. We're going to push it off a week. And the reason why is we're going to be having a webinar here on Wednesday night uh, during our, our regular Wednesday time. And the uh, topic of the web webinar is the Muslim perspective. And this is put on by Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, and it will, it will feature, I think there are three um, uh, leaders from the Muslim community here in, uh, in America, and they're going to be talking about their perspective on certain things for example, uh, the Arab Spring, what has taken place uh, in, in some of our Arab nations the past, uh, the past year. 
the, the video about Muhammad that came out last week or last year, and, and also basically what it means to, um, to be a Muslim here in America, what it's like to be a Muslim here in America. And it's, it's, something, uh, it's something for us to, to uh, per- participate in and to learn. It's an educational thing, not necessarily to, to agree with everything there, but to understand where they're coming from. And so it's a good opportunity for us to gain that understanding. So that's, uh, that'll be this Wednesday, and then our business meeting will be uh, the following Wednesday. And uh, I think that's all I have. So uh, let me invite you to stand. Nathaniel is going, what do you, what do you want to say to me, son? <laughs> Okay. Apparently the uh, words are, are the computer goofed and the uh, words are not in um, in our uh, program there. So be prepared to use your hymnals today. <laughs> Let's greet each other in the name of the Lord. Okay, if, as, you're, uh, as you're taking your seat, let me invite our children to come forward. Come on up, children, for our children's moment. And uh, I'm already up here. Right Matthew here. is here. But before you get started, Matthew, let me make one other announcement. Um, since we're having volleyball tonight, we could use some help immediately after the worship service picking up chairs. So if you can hang around for just a few minutes, if you're able to uh, uh, to pick up chairs, that would help us uh, tremendously. So, Matthew, let's have our children's moment. Lovely. <laughs> Hello. How are you guys today? Good. Do you know what we're talking about today? Me either. It's going to be great. Okay, let's see what I got in my pocket. Oh, hey, I got a friend. Do you guys know who this is? Mario. That's right. It's not Mario. It's copyrighted. Anyway, Mario's a good dude, right? 
right? Tries to live a good life. You know what's wrong with Mario? Mario has never before dedicated his life to Jesus, right? So Mario, he tries to live the best life he can. He does things right. He saves little princesses. He eats a good diet. But no matter what happens in life, we run into certain things, don't we? Let's see if I can get this to work. Yeah, look at that. Now, life's full of all kinds of stuff, right? you got sin, right? And the more of this stuff that comes out, See, we get all this stuff around us, right? Now, Mario, he wants to uh, he wants to live a good life. He wants to see the Lord. But all of this stuff piles up on a person, right? And eventually, you just can't see anymore what you're looking for. So he wants to live a good life. He wants to accept Jesus into his life. But all of this stuff is keeping him from doing it. So you know what happens? When you say to Jesus, you know, I'm going to follow you. And as a sign of my faith, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and be baptized. And when that happens, now 10 out of 10, he falls over, just so you know. When that happens, all of this stuff just kind of goes away, doesn't it? And there's nothing left between you and seeing Jesus anymore, right? So that way you can discover Jesus through the rites of baptism. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Thank you, guys. Please join me in our responsive reading for this morning. We are gathered for worship.
We are gathered for worship. We are gathered for worship. In worship, we seek God's vision of hope and wholeness and meet the Spirit who gives strength to the weary. In worship, our spirits are renewed by God's grace and our hearts are made wide by God's love. Come, let us worship God in this hour that we may live as God's people in days to come. Amen. The scripture reading today is from the New Testament, the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 and 21 through 22. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. (laughs) 
Can we pray together, please? Gracious Heavenly Father, giver of all gifts, we come to you in a new year with resolutions and open hearts. We ask that you soften our hearts for the homeless, the hungry, and the hurt. Take our gifts and use them to build your kingdom through us on this earth and in this community. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
Amen. See, you can have lots of fun in choir. That was fun. Thanks. Uh, before I start the sermon this morning, I, I want to uh, to play a little video. I hope we have that. Do we? Is that working? Okay, that's working. Uh, how many of you have seen the movie Nacho Libre? Our, our young people are raising their hands. <laughs> Uh, Nacho Libre is a movie about uh, starring Jack Black. It's about a um, an orphanage in Mexico that is going broke, basically, and the character played by uh, Jack Black wants to save this orphanage by uh, by wrestling. He becomes a Mexican wrestler, you know, with a mask and and everything, and uh, he and his partner are about to take on a, a major tag team wrestling match against a, a team called Satan's Cavemen. And uh, Jack Black's character is a little concerned that his partner hasn't been baptized. And so here's the video. I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. How come you have not been baptized? Because I never got around to it, okay? I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. But tonight... We are going up against Satan's caveman. And I just thought it would be a good idea if you... <laughs> Felicidades. <laughs> Whatever it takes, right? Today is the, is the first Sunday after Epiphany, and keeping in, in the spirit of Epiphany, we're going to continue our... Our, our series on discovering God in various ways. And the first Sunday after Epiphany is always dedicated to the baptism of Jesus. And so today's topic is discovering God through baptism. Uh, and speaking of baptism, ha- have you heard about the drought that's been going on down in the panhandle of Texas? It's been going on for, for several years, and it's getting pretty critical at this point. NPR just did a, a program on that not too long ago. As a matter of fact, I heard just yesterday that it's so dry in Texas that the Baptists are starting to baptize by sprinkling, and the Methodists are using wet wipes, the Presbyterians are giving out rain checks, and the Catholics are praying for the wine to turn back into water. And that's pretty dry. But you know, one of the places that we can discover God most powerfully is in remembering our own baptism. You've probably heard the story of Christ's baptism. John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan River, and people were flocking to hear him. And among those who came to be baptized was a young carpenter who just happened to be John's cousin. John knew who he was, of course, and he also knew that Jesus should be the one baptizing him But when the appropriate time came, Jesus stepped into the water and was baptized by John. 
And then after he was baptized, the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now there are a couple of things that we need to note about Jesus' baptism. First of all, notice that when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him as a dove. Pastor, Pastor Randy Ott tells about a family that had started bringing their children to his, his church's uh, preschool program. And they were new to the area and did not have much of a church background. But soon after going to the church, the mom told Pastor Ott that one day they were pulling into a fast food restaurant and the kids were all excited. But they weren't excited about the kids' meal. They were excited because a seagull had landed on the hood of their car. And the little five-year-old in the car said, Look, Mom, it's the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. Well, obviously that child had been learning something about God in, in, the, in the preschool classes. I mean, when was the last time you had a seagull land on your hood? But, but you might want to think about that. The next time you see a seagull or, or a dove or any kind of a, a bird like that land nearby, it just may be the Holy Spirit trying to, trying to tell you something. But in, that, in the case of Jesus, the symbolism of a dove is really quite profound. Because remember, Jesus was supposed to be the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Messiah, who so many people hoped would be a warrior king. They were looking for someone who would come and rouse the troops and and send those, those hated Romans fleeing from their land. And yet here he was at the beginning of his ministry with the Holy Spirit coming upon him Not as a mighty wind, not as a roaring cloud, but as a dove. A symbol of peace and meekness. We should also note that doves were the minimum sacrifice that a poor person could bring to the temple to be sacrificed for his or her sins. And so this may have symbolized Jesus coming as a sacrifice for our sins, even for the poorest and the least among us. And also remember that it was a dove that Noah sent out to find a sign that the waters from the flood were receding. And then when the dove came back, there was a freshly plucked olive leaf in, in its beak. And that's when Noah knew that The water had receded from the earth, and and so the dove became a symbol of our hope and our salvation. So you see, right from the very beginning, Jesus gave every indication that he was a different kind of Messiah. You see, he did not come as a conqueror, but as a peacemaker. He did not come as a master, but as a servant. He did not come as a judge, but as a savior. The symbol of Christ could very well have been an eagle or a hawk, but it wasn't. It was a dove. And I think that says a lot as to who he is. It's also interesting to note 
that Jesus was baptized by his cousin, John. Now, John was Elizabeth and Zachariah's boy. They were a a humble couple and righteous in the best sense of the word. Uh, Zechariah was a priest, and, and Elizabeth came from a family of priests. John was born to them after they had long given up on having children of their own. And so Elizabeth and Zechariah had great dreams for John. And indeed, he had already become the most successful preacher in the land. People were flocking to hear him preach. And yet still, John knew that Jesus was someone special, someone far greater than he was. I baptize you with water, he said, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, and he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Then he says his his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Now, John, of course, was talking about Jesus, but, you know, as we read those words about the shaft burning up and, and things like that, it sounds more like he's talking about himself. Because, you see, John was a preacher of Repentance. John was a preacher of, of judgment. But Jesus was a bringer of grace. However, it is significant that even though Jesus came as a bringer of grace, he in no way repudiated John's message. For you see, righteousness is an important characteristic of the follower of Christ. People who are baptized ought to live differently than people who are not baptized. They ought to be kinder. They ought to seek after justice. They ought to be more forgiving and more tolerant. And so John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And those people who he baptized ought to live their lives on a higher level than those who were not. Reverend... Jeffrey Schmid tells about uh, Reverend Sarche in uh, Chicago. It seems that a a 10-year-old boy named Cameron came into her office one day and said, I'd like to be baptized. He said, we were learning about Jesus' baptism in Sunday school, and the teacher asked who was baptized, and all the other kids raised their hands, and I want to be baptized too. And so using her best pastoral voice, Reverend Sarche said, Cameron, do you you really want to be baptized just because everyone else is? He said, no. I want to be baptized because it means I belong to God. His pastor was touched by his understanding. And she said, well, well then, how about next Sunday? (laughs) Well, he smiled, but his smile turned to concern as he asked, do I have to be baptized in front of all those people? Can't I just have a friend baptize me in the river? And she asked where he came up with that idea. And he said, well, Jesus was baptized by his cousin in the river, wasn't he? And she said, well, you have a point. But if a friend baptized you in the river, she said, how would the church recognize it? And realizing that this was a teachable moment, she climbed up onto a footstool to reach for her book of order that was high on a shelf. But before she found it, Cameron responded by saying, 
they'll recognize it because of my new way of life. Well, Reverend Sarchet nearly fell off her footstool. And she left the book of order on the shelf and she realized that Cameron's understanding of baptism was far from childish. In fact, it was very profound. My friends, baptism ought to signify a new way of life. In fact, I would say that if there is one thing that is hurting the church's witness more than anything else in our society today, it is that church people are in no way distinguishable from the general, general population. Indeed, if people do think of us as different from everyone else, it's usually in a, in a negative sense, coming across as closed-minded or judgmental or intolerant. But John, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. There's an old story of a machinist years ago at the Ford Motor Plant in Detroit who became a Christian, was baptized. And so he decided that since he had become a Christian, since he was baptized, he needed to make restitution for some of the, the parts and the tools that he had stolen from his employer over the years before his conversion. And so the next morning he brought all the tools and the parts back to his employer and explained that, that he had just been baptized and asked for his foreman's forgiveness. And this was such an amazing turn of events that the foreman immediately sent a telegram to Henry Ford, who was visiting a plant in another part of the country at the time. And Ford immediately returned a cable that said, Dam up the Detroit River and baptize the whole city. <laughs> I want you to think about that for a minute. Can you imagine a world where the whole city or the whole country or, the, or even the whole world were baptized and everyone lived out his or her baptism in his life? If that happened, you know what this world would be like? If that happened, then the, the Lord's prayer that the Master taught us would be fulfilled. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is to say that baptism is more than just a religious rite. It is a rite of passage to a new life. And the truth of the matter is that many of us take our baptism for granted. As youth, we sometimes we are sometimes baptized simply because we have reached a certain age. Even as adults, many are baptized with little recognition of what it really means to follow in the steps of Jesus. For some of us, baptism is just one of those rituals that we go through as we make our way through life. But folks, let me tell you something. Baptism should be so much more than that. When you say, I have been baptized, that ought to mean something. That ought to mean something. I like the way Tony Evans explains this. He says, when a lady gets married, she, 
she puts on a ring. Now, that, that ring does not make her married. She could be married without a ring, just like you could be saved without being baptized. But what the ring does do is to serve as a sign that she's married. Tony says sometimes when you see a guy talking to a girl, you'll see his eyes go to her hand to see whether or not she's spoken for or not. (laughs) And I'm certain that a wife who refused to wear her ring would insult a man would probably he would probably take that as a reject, rejection. And a man who refused to wear his wedding band would probably insult his wife because, folks, the ring is, is more than just a piece of jewelry. It represents an institution and a, and a covenant. And in the same way, our baptism is a sign of our covenant with God. And there's one more thing that we need to consider about Jesus' baptism. And it it concerns a question that is often asked. Why was Jesus baptized in the first place? I mean, think about it. He didn't need to repent. He was sinless. He He didn't need to repent of any sins. He had no sins that needed to be washed away, And unlike Mario. So why was he baptized? Well, he did it as a sign of the grace of God. Some of you have may, have, may have seen a movie called Tender Mercies. In this movie, Robert Duvall plays a, a down-and-out country singer with a drinking problem, and, but with the, the help of a, a young widow, his character, Mac, turns his life around. And, and both Mac and the widow's boy named Sonny decided to get baptized. And driving home after the baptismal service, Sonny says to Mac, Well, we done it, Mac. We was baptized. And he stares at himself in the mirror for a moment, and then he says, Everybody said that I'd feel like a changed person. Do you feel like a changed person? And Mac said, Not yet. And Sonny said, You don't look any different. You think I look any different? And Mac said, not yet. You know, that answer, not yet, was probably a pretty good answer. You see, we, we need to understand that there is nothing magical about baptism such that you automatically become a different person when you emerge from that water. There's nothing magical about the rite of baptism, the ordinance of baptism. Baptism is a sign of grace. It's a sign of God's great love for us and the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And it is as we reflect upon our baptism and focus on what it means to us, it's as we do that, that we are changed. And that's why it's important for us every year at this time of the year to to bring up the subject of our baptism so that we can remember our baptism and reflect on what it really means. Jesus was baptized as a sign of God's grace and He wants His followers to be baptized as a sign of that grace as well. 
There's nothing special about the water. There's nothing special about the ceremony. But you know, it can be the most important event in our life as the Holy Spirit works in us after that simple ceremony and changes our lives every day. Max Lucado, in his book titled Six Hours, One Friday, tells about a missionary in Brazil who discovered a a tribe of, of Indians in a remote part of the jungle. They lived near a large river, but the tribe was in need of medical attention. It seems that a contagious disease was ravaging the population, and people were dying every day. And there was a hospital not too far away, across the river, But the Indians would not cross that river. You see, they believed that evil spirits lived in that river and they were afraid to go into the river. And so the missionary explained to them how he had crossed the river in order to get to them. And nothing had happened to him, but they weren't impressed by that. And so he took them down to the bank of the river and he he reached down and he put his hands in the water and... uh, and they splashed some, some, hand, some water in his face, but they weren't going to get into that river. So he walked out into the water up to his waist, and he splashed it around a little bit, but that didn't matter. They were still afraid to, to go into the river. And so finally he just did a dive. He, he dove into the water, swam underneath the water, the surface of water, until he came up on the other side of the river, and he came up and gave a big fist pump. And shouted. And the Indians saw him do this. He had entered the water and came up safe on the other side. And that's when the Indians broke out into a cheer and followed him across the river. Well, that's what Jesus did for us. When Jesus was baptized, he was showing us the way. He wasn't baptized because he needed it. No. He was baptized because we need it. You see, it's a sign of God's grace. It's an initiation into the family of Christ. It's the beginning of a a new life in Him. And it's Christ's dream for the whole world that all of the world's people will experience God's grace and everyone will be baptized into the family of God. That's Christ's dream. And that should be our dream as well. He has plunged into the water to show us the way of grace and love and to show us the way to a new and better life. And so here's the question for you this morning. Will you follow the Lord into the waters of baptism? Will you follow what Jesus did? He forged the way for us, made it safely through, and it's His way of telling us that our life can be different as we reflect upon our baptism and as we enter into the waters of baptism and allow God's Holy Spirit to begin changing our lives.
every day. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation, number 460, when I pray. And there may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Christ or make a commitment to, to be baptized. There may be someone who, here today who's, who's never done that before. And, um, and you would like to follow the Lord in, in, in the way that He has forged before us and entering into these waters of baptism. Not because it's going to do anything for you in a physical way or any mag- magical way, but simply as a sign to tell the world that the grace of God has entered into my life and I'm the beneficiary of that. That Christ has died on the cross and was buried and raised to a new life. And because I believe that, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to symbolically die to an old way of life and be raised to a new life with the promise that God's Holy Spirit will descend upon me and change my life each day. If that's something that you need to do, we invite you to come forward and just tell me that right now. Maybe you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church or, or perhaps you need a time of prayer. We'll pray together. If God's dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you to come as we sing together when I pray. Thank you for your presence with us. Uh, Let me remind you, we need some help afterwards to pick up some chairs if some of you could stay for that. Let's bow for our benediction. O God, whose love will not let us go, for, for the sake of that love, we have gathered together to worship you. Because we have known your love and creation, we have given you praise. Because your love has sustained us, we have offered you our thanks. 
Because your love calls us to be more than we could ever be, we have sought your will. And now guard our hearts, O God, lest we think that our love for you can be confined to this one day in this one place. Guard our hearts, lest we think that our love for you can be separated from the way we love one another. Open our eyes, O God, as we leave this place, that we may see your Holy Spirit descending upon us this week, and that we may see ways which we may serve you by being living examples of your love for others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.